Good morning, everybody. How you doing out there? Awesome. Well, uh, I tell you what, um, I feel like the person that has to follow up the big band, the big moment, uh, because last week was just the pinnacle, wasn't it, with the children's nativity. And then this week, you know, I'm kind of like filler. Um, it looks like people heard I was preaching this week and like, yeah, I guess we don't need to be there, you know, it's kind of the same thing, probably going to bring baseball into Christmas somehow. But anyway, um, I don't know if I'll do that. All right. So um, this morning we are going to talk about entertaining angels. We're going to talk about entertaining the idea of angels, our ideas about angels, uh, we're going to talk about actually um, what the Bible says about entertaining angels, the role of angels, and uh, as we leave this place, how we um, can live lives that we may, without even knowing, entertain angels. How does that sound? All right. Well, I could change it if you wanted to do something different. Um, so angels show up in the Christmas story, but um, often... Joseph was, um, had three visitations through a vision by an angel. Mary was visited by an angel. In that case, you get the na angel's name. Anyone know who, which angel it was that visited? Yeah, you got it. Man, that's great. Um, and uh, what else? Um, and then angels, where else do angels show up in the um, Christmas story? Anybody? The, to the shepherds, yeah, one angel and then a, and then a whole multitude of the heavenly host, yes. And uh, any other places where angels show up in the Bible, or is that it? All right, it should just be a, a sea of little, 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 you know, and, and uh, then I'll give an interpretation. But anyway, here's, so all through the scriptures, we see angels being a part of God's work in the world. And this morning, um, that's what we're going to talk about, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you make faith simple, like a child trusting a parent. Thank you that you have given us your word, the Bible. You've given us the Holy Spirit, the presence of your Son in our lives, in our very beings. We also thank you for the mysteries. What's behind the veil? The parts of your truth, the parts of your domain, the parts of heaven, the parts of your glory that we only get to glimpse every once in a while when the veil is moved back. Lord, we thank you for those special moments in your word. We thank you for those special moments in our lives. But Lord, as um, we get into this message, I guess my prayer, Lord, is that we would be okay with the simple, that we'd be okay with the clear, that we'd be okay with the light of your word being the lamp to our feet and to our path. And that we would leave it up to you. We would leave it up to you. 
when the signs and the wonders and the surprises happen. As we see through the Bible, people being faithful to you, and then every once in a while you pull back that veil when it's needed. And when it moves your purposes forward in our lives and in your world. Help us to be humble like that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So we got some problems with angels. Okay? We got some problems. And that is sometimes our ideas about angels. All right? And um, for me, why I'm excited about this message, it was about a year ago, every Christmas, I go a little bit I get like really introspective and looking back into history and I love Christmas carols and I love researching those kind of things. I love my Christmas tree. I just love it, love it, love it, love it. I just love it all. And um, what else do I love? Dairy-free peppermint mochas. I love those too. But last year when I was uh, researching some of the Christmas stories and some of the Christmas carols, I realized... Um, so here's like a conviction moment. I was not entertaining angels. I was underestimating angels. They just in my Christian life, I don't know what happens sometimes when you just like push all that away. Now, the application of this message is not to go out and look for angels. I, I actually want to give you some application on how, how we should act that we may entertain some angels unaware. But... Um, I realized I was underestimating angels, and so it got me into um, watching some, some videos and teachings, and if you want to follow up on this, um, I don't really have any original ideas today, I don't think, but you could um, look at the Bible Project's videos on spiritual beings. You could look at Michael Heiser's work on the unseen realm and his, another one of his books, Angels, and you could see a, a lot of what I've been learning and growing in lately. Um, but crazy stuff, and I love it. Uh, but once again, just like I prayed, I don't want this stuff to become things that now we're always hunting out the special, because th that's not what we see in the Bible. We see people, like, surprised when things happen and when they encounter angels. And the Bible actually says that you may entertain angels, but you may not even be aware that they're angels. So please don't take the application of this going out looking for this because I think that gets us on the wrong path. But if you're like me a year ago, and you need, like, you know, our entertaining angels or ideas or our um, ideas of what angels can be a spectrum disorder, you know? <laughs> it's like we're looking for too many, or we're just disregarding their role, all right? So one of the first problems we have with angels is, what do angels look like? What do angels look like? I actually have some pictures of angels here to show you. You ready? You're going to know what angels look like. At least some angels. Let's go to the first picture. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. There's an angel. Who's that? What's his name? Clarence. You know that. You know that. And uh, Clarence, uh, what was his goal at this time in his angel life? Get his wings. That's right. Well, can I, can I um, right off the bat just let you know that nowhere in the Bible do angels have wings? They don't. Um, cherubim have wings, but they're a different 
spiritual being than angels. I mean, this is weird stuff, and this is like, isn't this a lighthearted Christmas message? It just really is. Now, if you say to yourself, no, 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 there's wings here and there's wings there, don't worry, that's all, you're just wrong, okay? <laughs> all right, so just go down that path, figure it out for yourself, and say, I agree with Chris, who agrees with a whole bunch of other people that agrees with the Bible, all right? But angels, in the Bible, there's no record of them having wings. And uh, so that's just, you know, I, still you can enjoy, you can enjoy Clarence, okay? You can enjoy this. Because I think there's some true things about what's going on in, in that story. Um, oh, here. so um, children, especially you tweens and teens, please do not go home to your Christmas tree and rip the wings off the angel on top of your tree. Do not do that, okay? That's okay. It's just an icon. It's kind of a logo. It's kind of, you know, that's okay. Um, and this time of year, like if you started to deal with your Christmas tree, it's so dang dry, the whole thing would just dissolve, all right, if you start touching that thing. But I did think, like, if you did want something... See, we were star people growing up. How many star people do we have here on your Christmas tree? I won't ask about the angels. Anyway, uh, star, I was always a star person, and when I went to see someone else's Christmas tree and they had an angel, I'm like, mm, they're an angel family. <laughs> it just didn't look right without a star to me. It's kind of like dog people and cat people, you know? Anyway, um, but if you have a star, you're good, because actually in the Bible, angels are referred to as stars, so you're probably more accurate than the person that has an angel. Don't feel bad about your Christmas tree. It's awesome, all right? But here's an idea. The cherubim, which is a different spiritual being that we see in Isaiah chapter 6 and other places, they are the guardians of God's throne in heaven. And they have wings, but guess who else they are? They have beastly, like they're, they're, they, they look like beasts, different types of beasts, different types of animals. And uh, so I was thinking, and Shawnee, if you're watching from home, Maybe we should go into like the Christmas tree topper business and we could create cherubim to sell. Like how cool would that be? You got this like lion type of figure. You got this like with wings and I mean, that, I think that would sell, wouldn't it? All right, anyway. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, we're looking at pictures of angels. Let's go back. What's our next one? Oh my goodness. Raise your hand if you know this angel. Raise your hand if you, who grew up watching Highway to Heaven? Okay, so, I mean, is, is that what an angel looks like in your head, you know? Um, uh, no wings, so that's, a, that's a starter. Actually, what's kind of funny is that um, in the Bible, when people saw angels, they couldn't distinguish them as, all the time as angels. They just thought they were men. They just thought they were guys. And uh, so... Another point to angels not having wings. Um, if, if, these, if you saw a guy walking around with wings, you'd probably know he was a little bit different, wouldn't you? But so maybe Michael Landon, maybe he was onto something with Highway to Heaven. I watched a lot of Highway to Heaven when I was a kid, and I haven't watched it in decades, but preparing for this message, you might know what I'm doing with some of my uh, Christmas holiday. Anyway, all right, next. Anyone ever watched this show, Touched by an Angel? Okay. <laughs> we love angels, don't we? I've never watched an episode of this show. Okay, so I don't, I know. You're like, you're like, no wonder Chris is the way he is. He hasn't watched Touched by an Angel. All right. Next one. 
Anyone know who this is? Now, if you saw a guy like this, you know, in Bible times and whatever, you think that this guy's he might be an angel. He's got wings. Uh, anyone a Sufjan Stevens fan out there? Do we have any? Just, uh, it's, you're a hipster, that's why. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I like his first Christmas album box set. The second one's horrible. Anyway, okay. And next? Oh, there, there, there's another angel. There's an angel in the outfield. For the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, uh, Mike Trout. I know this is a little bit fishy. Um, so, I know I see people leaving. Anyway, um, so you know the, the movie Angels in the Outfield? You ever watch that? Who, how many people have watched that movie? Okay. Uh, that's great. Did you know, just a little side note about Mike Trout. A lot of people haven't heard of this baseball player, but do you know that he's like the best player that's alive right now? And did you know that he's, only, he's age 29 and he has a better career statistical summary than Reggie Jackson? And Reggie Jackson played almost 20 years. This guy's good. <laughs> Might be talking to an angel. All right? Okay. So that's that. See, I did bring baseball into it. I know. I had to. All right. So let's get into the, into the scriptures um, about angels. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And I think we're on the screen here. Yes, we are. Hebrews chapter 13. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you are also in the body. Interesting. So one of the things that got me a little bit off track in my view of angels as I read through the Bible is that the Greek word for angel just means messenger. So sometimes when you're reading books that come across Past Bible passages about angels, they'll say, well, the Greek word is just messenger. That can just be a human being, all right? And there are possibly cases like that. At the same time, just to start taking out angels, you know, that translation in our English version of the Bible, and to start replacing them just with normal human beings is like kind of like, you ever play that Jenga game? You know, Jenga with the wooden blocks, three wooden blocks, and you can take some out and the game still goes, but if you take an integral one out, the whole thing falls. If you start replacing normal human beings with angels every time this word is mentioned, your Jenga puzzle will fall and you will lose. All right? So that's sometimes a road that's uh, got to be very cautious if you're going down that one. The neat thing about Hebrews 13 is that we can be quite confident that it's talking about angelic beings or spiritual beings is because the, it's in the context of talking about Old Testament stories in which angels did appear to people. That's the context of it. So this, yeah, I think we can be confident that this is talking about spiritual beings, angels, all right? Angel is a job description. I've mentioned cherubim. There's other different types of spiritual beings if you take the Old Testament and through to the New. Some good, some bad, some rebellious. But angel specifically is a job description. 
Angels are messengers. Angels are ones that God uses to deliver messages to us at his time and him at his place. I just keep cautioning on that one because I'm Chris Pahalchuk. I don't want you going out there, whatever. But I'm thinking, yes, angels are real, but at the same time, we don't go looking for them. Wasn't there like a, sorry, this is extra stuff. Wasn't there something in the, the end of the lion, the witch in the wardrobe, the Narnia? Um, remember, how, how will we get back to Narnia again? And didn't like the, the professor they were speaking to said, don't try to get back to Narnia? Wasn't that a thing? You know, when you try to get back to Narnia, don't do that. Because uh, it'll be at the right time, right place in a way you would have never expected. I think that's uh, some more C.S. Lewis wisdom, I think. Let's go back to Hebrews. Just keep that Hebrews up there, because that is, that is some edifying stuff. All right. Um, so just raise your hand if you have an angel story where you think you may have met an angel. Okay, I'm going to tell a story. And this is uh, from one of my best friends, and I was the best man in his wedding, and so that, that means something. All right. Um, and uh, he was leaving our hometown of Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. Who's been to Thunder Bay? Well, you love it. I'll ask you later what you thought about it. But he was leaving to go to Oregon to go to the same Bible school that I would end up going to one day. And he was leaving, and he had, um, so I got my, uh, I contacted him, and I just, I'm like, dude, I don't want to mistell your story. So I'm just going to look at his message here. And because I wanted to know, I thought Danny would really be interested in what type of vehicle he was driving because it's going to break down. Uh, 84 Mazda GLC. Is that a thing? Raise your hand if you know that vehicle. No, There, I see that hand. I'll get you some literature afterwards. All right. Um, so what happened is he, was, he came across into your great country of America, across the border, and he was driving, and all of a sudden, um, underneath his hood, the car is smoking. And he's just starting out on this cross-country trip, and he's got to get there. And um, he pulled over, and he had just had his oil changed at a big box store. I'm not going to mention which big box store changes oil. Um, but he uh, had his oil changed there, and they didn't put the, ga the oil cap back on. And so he pulled over, and there's just oil spewed everywhere. And by his own confession, and I'm confessing for him before you, <laughs> kind of the opposite of a priestly duty, that, um, that he was really upset, and he was really down, and he was frustrated. And he's looking under his hood, and all of a sudden... This old guy appears next to him. Now, I, I want to get this accurate, all right? So we're going to go back. Yeah, okay, uh, oil changed the night before. They forgot to put on the oil cap. Uh, um, smoking. Um, it was 6 in the morning when this happened. Um, nothing was open. Uh, extremely frustrated and discouraged. Uh, I was looking under the hood, wiping all the sprayed oil, and an old man just appeared beside me. We talked for a few minutes, and he just call, calmed me down and said everything would be fine. So what happened um, is that this guy asked my friend, so uh, what way, where are you headed? 
He told him, I'm going to Oregon. He goes, oh, what, what route are you taking? He goes, I'm, I'm going down whatever and whatever. He's like, ah, I think you might want to go this other way. He's like, really? You know, my friend's still all upset and whatever. He's like, yeah, you might want to take that way. And uh, so anyway, time, time goes on. I want to get accuracy here. As I continued wiping and talking, after a few minutes, I looked up and he was nowhere around. Now, you know the border there, and I'm not, and there's not a lot of houses around, and I honestly could not see him at all, and I had just been speaking to him two minutes earlier. Now, if I'm remembering the story correctly, I may not be remembering it correctly, but I also think one of the guy's eyes was looking that way. Anyway, I don't know if angels get to choose this stuff, but what happened is he found out later that the route that he was planning on going, um, actually there was a huge storm along that route, and that because he went the other way, he made it through. Now, obviously, that can be a story that is just, you know, an old guy just happened to be wandering down the road in the middle of nowhere at 6 a.m., knew the route, knew my friend really well that, yeah, sometimes, well, I've been there with my friend before, just saying, Sandy, we just need to calm down. <laughs> and someone knew Sandy well in that moment. And um, anyway, who knows? Well, the Lord knows. But here's another point about angels is that sometimes angels can be angels, and we don't know they're angels. Other times, God can orchestrate other human beings being there for us. And sometimes, God can orchestrate your life, my life, for being there for someone else in the right place in the right time. Raise your hand if you've ever had a moment in your life when somebody said the right thing at the right time. Somebody was there, the right thing, the right time. Someone gave you a message, a direction, the right place, right time. I think this is one thing that, that, that reveals something about our God is that God likes to work through his creatures. He likes to work through his heavenly host. He likes to work through human beings, his people, his church. It's very rare that God just intervenes himself and gets the job done just himself. He's always about. Even when Jesus came and died for the, lived the one faithful life, was crucified for our sin, was raised from the dead, there's one individual. Even in that case, God showed in that act that he didn't want to just accomplish it himself. Because if God just wanted to accomplish all of that himself and just call it a day and bring in the age to come at the moment, he could have done that. But you know what wouldn't have happened? What wouldn't have happened? Did you know why some of the disciples doubted that Jesus had risen from the dead? Or that some just like were totally confused by it, even though he told them he would be raised to life on the third day? Do we know why they were so confused? It's because the Jewish people at the time believed when resurrection came, 
when the graves opened and the dead were raised to life, it would happen to all the faithful believers, not just one. So they were puzzled. How is what we're expecting for the future age, how did that happen just to one person now? So if God, if God just, I'm calling it a day, I've died for the sins of the world, and now I'm going to just end it right here, what would we have missed? Does anyone have a guess? What would we have missed? We would have missed the Great Commission. Going out into all the world in the name of Jesus, in the authority that Jesus won through his obedience and his death and his resurrection. We would have missed the opportunity to serve him. God likes to use human beings. We would have missed um, our own challenges in our life where God is beginning to reshape us into being like Christ. You know all those times you hit in your life that you just want to give up? You just want to give up? You're like, what's his face with Clarence? Remember Clarence came to visit? What was happening? He was about to what? Take his life. And I've heard it say this way before. I don't know if anyone needs to hear this today, but I just like to include this sometimes because one time after I gave a message not on this topic, someone gave me a handshake at the end of the message and there was a piece of paper in there and I thought it was money at first, <laughs> but it wasn't. It was something much more valuable. And I read the, uh, the little piece of paper later when I got into my car and it said, the Lord used you today to help me to not take my life. So, I've heard it put this way. When we're at those moments where you feel like you can't go on anymore, trick number one is this. Taking your own life is always something to wait for, is always something to procrastinate on and wait till tomorrow to do. It's always, it's always a good thing to delay. The other thing is, it's in those pressure point moments when God is recreating us that we feel like we're at our wit's end, and maybe we really are. But it's in those moments that sometimes we find God's hand, God's message, God's strength, God's wisdom reveals maybe our foolishness where we have fallen short. His grace, his mercy, his love, just like it's in a wonderful life. Now, angels don't always show up at different times in different places, and maybe we would want them to. Those angels, they always show up when we're not expecting it. But uh, can we take that to heart? That if God just ended everything with Jesus raising from the dead and raised us all, that we wouldn't, we would have missed the Great Commission. We would have missed the challenges, the joys, the sorrows of what it means to be transformed into Christ-likeness. And that's what we're here for. We're here to be changed, and we're here to be 
the people that bear witness to the good news about Christ into the world. And sometimes God uses angels to be a part of that. Sometimes he does. Mary, Joseph, the shepherds. How about this? Here's another time angels showed up. When Jesus had been raised from the dead, remember that? And there they're just called uh, two men, or sometimes one man, in white, as opposed to their you know, dirty, organic, earthly clothes that they wore. It was white robes, signifying these people have come from the presence of, of God. Uh, sometimes they're, uh, dre they're uh, dazzling in appearance, they're radiant. Um, that's what happened with the angels the shepherds saw. They were a bit different than just human. They knew they were something more than human because of the glory of God that shone from them. Um, it, it's kind of cool, like the, the angels, um, when Jesus rose from the dead, it says that one was sitting on top of the tombstone that it had rolled away. <laughs> Isn't that a cool part of the Easter story? I just think it's very cool about the resurrection, that God sent an angel to move the the stone that was covering the tomb. And then the angel just kind of sits on the tomb like, no big, no big whoop, just waiting for my next, my next orders, the next message, the next thing to do. Um, here's another thing, cool thing about angels. Remember when angels showed up to the apostle Peter when he was in prison? And it says, let's bring this up, Acts chapter 12. Can we bring up Acts chapter 12? I think it's Acts chapter 12. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him. This is when Peter was in prison. And a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side, woke him up, said, get up quickly. And <laughs> the chains fell off his hands. So angels what? They can have physical bodies at times. But isn't that, imagine getting by an angel, touched by an angel. Maybe that's where that came from. I don't know. But as that story continued, even the apostle Peter didn't know what was going on. He thought it was all in a dream. So angels surprise us. All right, let's close. Hmm. Application. Let's go back to Hebrews 13. I missed it. It was up there for so long, and then it left. I want it to come back. There we go. Let brotherly love continue. So how do we entertain angels without looking for them? How do we do that? I see one hand up, but I'm, I'm going to answer this one. That's, that's why they pay me the big bucks. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. I know that's hard to do in the COVID-19 generation, but there's lots of ways to do it. But this is how we do it is by looking for real human need. And I bet you Doug is probably sitting there going, storehouse fund, storehouse fund, you know, that kind of stuff, and amen. Um, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them, those who are mistreated since you are also in the body. That's how we do it. Don't neglect hospitality. Love strangers. The Greek word for hospitality is made up of two words, love and strangers. Loving strangers. That's what we do. And just my little time being the family pastor here, 
I've seen so many examples of that in relationships in this community. Maybe the Lord's encouragement for us is to keep on with that. Don't lose that. We are going to uh, break into communion. And Doug, if um, I'd like to invite the worship team up. Doug, if anyone needs a communion cup, uh, lead elder Doug Goodmanson has some here. Uh, just raise your hand and he'll come over to you. And uh, I'm just going to look at 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians has a couple of interesting things about angels. But one of the, the things that the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11, just before he talks about the Lord's Supper and taking the bread and the cup, before he talks about communion and church, like what we're about to do now, taking the bread and the cup in an act of worship together, he actually mentions that angels are present in their meeting, in their gathering. Have you thought about that? Now, it's not something that we're supposed, you know, it's holy, it's mysterious, it's veiled, it's unseen, but it's a reality. The book of Revelation starts with seven letters to seven churches of different cities and what? Each have a what? An angel. So the act of taking communion, the bread and the cup, is not just in the presence of God, but it's in the presence of his heavenly hosts. It's in the presence of um, however God has chosen to bless and keep watch over Bethany Church. And therefore, we, we take this with an, uh, an idea of sacredness, of mystery. But ultimately, the bread and the cup is about thanksgiving. It's the thank you meal. It's God, thank you for all of this. Thank you for your love, for your work that is in so many different ways and that angels is a part of that. Thank you, Lord, for what you have accomplished in this world and what you're doing in my life and through my life. This, you see, is what I received from the Lord and handed on to you. On the night when the Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and said, this is my body. It's for you. Do this as a memorial of me. He did the same with the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this as a memorial of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. So for you this morning, uh, you know, you're in the pre we are all in the presence of God today. This is an expression of your faith that God has revealed himself through his son, Jesus Christ, and that he has died for your sin and raised you to a new life in the here and now through his Holy Spirit, but in the future when he returns, he removes all corruption from our lives and from our beings, and we are made totally new into new creation. For those of you maybe that are here or, or watching at home, that maybe you don't have faith, you wouldn't say, no, I, I haven't really, you know, 
pledge my allegiance to this Jesus. I don't even know what this is that we're doing with a little plastic thing or whatever. I don't know what this is. I would just say this, is that um, now is a great time, just in the seat that you're in or your house or wherever you're watching this, is to just acknowledge God's presence with you. To acknowledge that heaven and earth are very close yet veiled. And that really what it's about is turning your heart towards Christ, reaching out your hands to receive the grace and love and forgiveness that he's wanting to give you. And that's going to include not just, hey, thank you for, for this. It's giving our lives to him offering up ourselves and saying, God, would you make me new? This is a perfect time to do that. So let's bow our heads. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to not only show us clearly who you are, but to show us the way and to give us life and life forever. Lord, I pray for anyone here in this moment that does not know you or believe, I pray that you would help them to cry out to you and that your Holy Spirit would do an awesome work in their hearts and minds. Lord, I pray for those of us that do know you, that we would take the bread and the cup humbly, proclaiming your death until you return again. Thank you for being with us in this present age. Amen. You may take the bread And you may take the cup.